Hi, everyone. Everybody okay? Yeah. Okay, now this is, I'm about to say something that has nothing to really do with what I'm, my, my talk today, but I just want to encourage someone here, or people here, um, that if you've got a task to do in the future, if there's something, a project or something that's happening, that's looming over you, and you are experiencing fear and dread, I want to encourage you to pray about it and to be positive and see what God does in the situation. I want to share a testimony with you. So I find every time I come up here, it's always straight after half term. Always. And I've been here and I've said to you how I have struggled with my two kids, looking after my two kids when they're off from school. And I, I don't want you to call the social services, please. I know that I do say that I find it a bit hard, but it's nothing to call social services. I know in the past I've said that every time I look after both my kids, I like gain seven pounds. I like get ill, I get a cold. And by the last day, I'm like literally on the verge of just falling apart. But, this time was different. Now, you know when you've got a bad job and you know you don't like your job and Sunday, like today, you start to feel that feeling of, oh no, it's coming on Monday. Well, I was feeling that two weeks ago on bank holiday. Bank holiday Monday, I was feeling kind of, you know, just a little bit fearful. And then on Tuesday morning, my husband went to, um, to work and just before he left, he like turned around and looked at me and he said, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? And I could hear in the background the kids screaming already at seven in the morning, going, ah, it's mine, it's mine, and screaming. He's like, what's wrong with you? You went to the gym just a while ago. I looked after them for an hour. What's wrong? And I went, you just looked after them for one hour. I've got nine days, nine days. And he just looked at me and he just, oh, and he just left. But it must have been really bad because five minutes into his drive to work, he actually pulled, pulled aside and he, just, he actually called me and said, look, let me pray for you about this. So he prayed. And we prayed about it, about me looking after my kids and, <laughs> and that I could cope. And do you know, these two weeks have actually been really lovely. I've actually, actually realized that I do like my kids. I like them. <laughs> I mean, I knew, I mean, I love them, but I, do you know, I, I have spent time with them and they're lovely, they're absolutely lovely. And another thing as well, my, my son, he's in year two, and so I hardly see him that much because he's at school and then he comes home, sometimes he has after school clubs, sometimes, you know, he's got homework to do and then he goes to bed early and it's built up and he's grown and I've spent time with him and he's lovely, he's absolutely lovely. So I'm actually looking forward to the next half term, which would you believe? Isn't that amazing? From dreading it, I'm actually looking forward to it. So I want to... In <laughs> yeah, six weeks. Yeah, 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 I'm going to, yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, I just want to encourage anyone here that if you've got something coming in the future, you don't, you're dreading it, just pray into it and be positive and see what God does. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking on, this is the second part of the series that Kevin Nash started last week, Consequences, and he did an amazing job. Let's just give him a round of, of applause. I don't know if he's here right now. 
But as Richard said, last week was chaos. We had the fire alarm, and he was, you know, behind the scenes. He was in front. He was, you know, he was preaching. He was being a children's pastor. He was doing all sorts of stuff, and he did an amazing job. And so I'm doing a second part now of the series, and my talk is based in John chapter 10, verse 10. Now, before I read this verse, I want to just tell you what happened before this verse. So Jesus is talking to a group of people, and he is using metaphors. He's describing his role in the world. And so he, used, he says that he is like a shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And he starts talking about the sheep and how the sheep are in a pen, and he says that there's only one way to get to the sheep, there's just a main gate, and anyone that comes tries to get to the sheep in another way, then they're a thief. And then he says that, you know, the sheep hear his voice, hear the shepherd's voice. They don't respond to anybody else. And when he says that, the Pharisees kind of look at him like, what are you talking about? What's that? What are you talking about? So then he says something else. He goes, okay, look, I'm the gate. I am the gate. And then in verse 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So what does that mean? What does that mean to have life? Because the sheep were already alive. What does that mean that he's come so that they can have life? Well, we can have a look at the Greek, have a look at the meaning behind that word life. But before I say that, when you look at the book of John, it's all about Jesus' role in, in this world, why he's come. And it's really interesting that the word life is mentioned 37 times in the Bible. Not in the Bible, in the book of John. But in the New Testament, it's 17 times. So John really wants to emphasize that Jesus has come to give life. But also, the word life is, means three different things. So you've got three different types of life. You've got the bios, and that is the Greek word, and that that's a Greek word which refers to the life of the physical body. And that's where we get the word biology from. Then we've got another one called suhe, which I thought was like sush or push or sish or whatever, but it's not, it's suhe, yeah? And that is the Greek word, and that Greek word refers to the human soul, which is the mind, the emotion, and the will. And then you've got another word for life, and this is what Jesus is talking about in John 10, 10, and it's Zoe. And so you might be thinking, what's Zoe? What is Zoe? Because, you know, I've, I've, I've accepted Jesus Christ. I've, I've accepted the Holy Spirit. Now, who's Zoe? Who's she? What's that? Yeah? Well, I tell you what, it's nothing new. It's not this new package that you've got to tap into. It's actually the life that God has himself. It's the life that he wanted us to have from the very begin beginning. It's a life that our physical body, even if our physical body dies, this Zoe life will still exist. It's a life that only we can get through Jesus Christ. We, it was intended for Adam, but because of the fall, we, uh, it, it was lost, and we can only receive this now through Jesus Christ. That's why Billy Graham, when he said, you will hear that I am dead, and that is a lie. I will be more alive than I've ever been, because he knew that he had eternal life. 
And so God wants to give that to us and he sent his son so that we can have eternal life. And here today, I want to encourage you to choose it. Choose life. Choose this Zoe life. And to help you choose it, I thought it would be good to just highlight the alternative. So, the enemy, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he did that long ago. And that is why we're experiencing the fall. That's why we're experiencing death. That's why we're experiencing decay, disease, and everything negative. Because of the fall, because of sin, we have this separation from God. We were made in God to have a relationship with God. We were made to have a relationship with him. And you know what? Because of sin, because we're separated from God, we are looking for God, but we don't want God. We naturally don't want God, but we're looking for things to be God. I went to Rise a couple of weeks ago, and they have been doing a series on the fall. And Serena, who leads Rise, she was talking about the fall, and she was talking about idols. And she said, you know, the thing about idols that, you know, the, the thing itself is probably not that bad. And when she said that, I kind of pricked up. And she said, it's just that it becomes an idol when you place your value, when you try to draw life from these things, when you try to find out who you are from these things. So that prompted me to just get a piece of pen and paper, and I started to write down things in my life that I felt that were becoming an idol. Dare I say to you that I probably were an idol. And I wrote them all down, and I looked at them, and these are things to just better myself. You know, I've got um, quite a physical job, and I want to get fitter. And I, you know, I wrote that down, how I want to get fit. I looked at how I want to be able to buy a house one day. I looked at how I want to get a car. I looked at all these things, all these goals, and I thought, you know what? These things are not even a problem. Some of them are essential. They're essential for what I need to do as a person. But somehow, they have just shifted a little bit, and they're making me look at finding my value in these things rather than God. And this is what the thief does. He comes in, and he just injects a little, little bit of a lie, just bends the truth so that we completely are off course. Again, I was at Rise a few weeks before that. And Stess Roy, she was talking about the fall again, and she was saying how the serpent said to Eve, if you eat from the tree, you will be more like God. And you know what? She was already like God. She was made in God's image, and yet she believed him. She believed, and it was a lie. He just bent the truth a little bit, just added a little bit of a poison, and it completely distorted everything. And this is what he does. This is what the thief does. And we can also have innocent needs because we're broken. He can come into an innocent need and just pervert it, just twist it. My dad, I've got a dad, and um, he, yeah, I've got a dad, and he, um, you know, he's great. I, I think I've grown to appreciating more now I'm a lot older. But all I can remember of my dad is that he worked so much. He thought, you know, this is what I need to do for my family. I need to work. I need to work. I never went on holiday with my dad. He never came. He always worked. If he was sick, he went to work. He's a bus driver. If it was snowing, he went to work. 
you know, he always went to work. He believed, I need to work and make sure that I can provide for my family. He did shift work throughout my whole childhood. I don't remember, actually, my dad being around in the daytime. Or he would be sleeping, and then he'd be going to work at, like, ridiculous times, being a bus driver in London. He worked. But you know what? I never, ever had a conversation, like a one-on-one -on -one sort of heartfelt conversation with my dad. I think he might have thought that was what my mum was meant to do. I don't know. In fact, one time he saw me crying and he said to me, what are you crying for? I was going to have the BCG injection and I was scared. And he had a go at me for crying. He said, what are you crying for? Toughen up. And I just thought to myself, I, I can never be vulnerable in front of him because he's going to tell me off. Because I was genuinely scared. Anyway, now, 10 years ago, I was at a Christian conference, and at the end of the service, I was talking to one of the leaders, a male leader. Now, he was in his 50s, 60s, and I was talking to him, and I was just being vulnerable. I was telling him some things that were, you know, on my heart, and he listened to me, and he encouraged me. He looked me in my eyes, and he listened and I'd never, ever experienced that before. I'd never, ever experienced a senior man just giving me a bit of a father's touch. I'd never experienced it, and it felt weird. It felt good. It felt tingly. It felt strange, and I thought, do I like him? Do I like this man? <laughs> I thought, I wondered if I did, because I had never experienced it before. And you see, this is how the thief comes into an innocent situation. Because I was broken, he came in, and he could have set that seed and it could have gone another way. But you know what the good thing is? Is that even though I've got a dad and he tried his best, and yeah, it, you know, it hurt that he, you know, he just worked and he didn't actually have that one-on-one -on -one time with me, I've got a heavenly father. And so even though my father, my earthly father, you know, he couldn't do certain things, I can get everything I need from my heavenly father. I can do that. Another thing as well is that the thief is like a predator. He is a predator. My parents lived near an aquarium in Crystal Palace, and I often used to go there with my son when he was little. And one day we went there, and the shopkeeper said, would you like to feed the snakes? And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll feed a snake. So he gave me a rat. And it was, it was dead, just in case you're wondering, oh no, you fed a, a, a live rat. But anyway, he gave me this rat, and he gave me this, um, well, when he gave it to me, he put it on like a long tweezer. And he said, right, you just give it to this python there. And I said, so what do I do? Do I just drop it in? And he said, no, 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 no. You just hold it there, and he'll just take it from you. And in, I was so naive. I thought, I'm going to be like one. Me and this snake are going to bond, and I'm going to like feed this snake like a baby. Like, oh, come come here. And he's going to like nibble you know, a bit of the, the rat from, my, from the um, tweezer. So anyway, the man like just moves the lid, and I put my, ha you know, my hand sort of down there, or the tweezer down. And I'm waiting for this snake to take it. And he just gets up, and then he looks, and he pauses, and I'm like, Okay, come on, come on, you know. And he just turns to the side, and then he just snatches it. And the way he does it, it's like a punch. It was just, I, I, I just, I was traumatized. I was traumatized by it, because it was so sudden, and I felt the presence of a predator, and it was 
horrible. And I just gave back the tweezers and I just thought, I'm not doing that again. I'm not feeding the snake again. But this is what the enemy is like. He's a predator. But do you know what? The good news, this is what Jesus says in verse 10, verse 28. He says, I gave them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. So even though the, you know, the thief is like a predator and he wants to snatch when you're in Jesus and you have eternal life, he can't touch you. He can't touch you at all. He can't. We have to choose life. Choose life. I want to encourage you to choose life. You know, the thief has come to steal. But you know what? Jesus has come to give. You know, the, the thief has come to kill. But Jesus has come to bring life, to give life. You know, thief has come to destroy, but Jesus has come to restore, restore what is broken, restore what has been teared down and damaged. He has come. So choose life, because if you choose life, you'll receive God's love. And you've received God's love in a world where there is so much hatred and so much lust and so much rejection. If you choose life, you receive God's peace, his perfect peace. And we're in a world where there's so much fear and anxiety. If you choose life, you'll receive his security, God's security. You'll know he has these plans for you. And you know what? We're living in a world where everyone is hungry for power. And they're stepping on each other's heads just to be on top. But if you choose life... You receive God's security, receive his identity, or you'll be, you find your identity in him. So before I go, I just want to just leave you with a few practical things in choosing life. I want to encourage you to choose life daily. Choose life daily. It's so easy to have idols, to, to find your value in your success, in your job, in the things you have, but those things are dead. Find who you are in Jesus, who is life, who is life. I want to also encourage you to choose life in your actions. For those of you who drive, you know if you're looking a certain way, you're most likely to swerve your car to that direction. It's so easy to think about things that are not right. It's so easy to fantasize about all sorts of things that you know is wrong. And sometimes we get caught up in that, and, you sh- and if you do, you romanticize these lustful things. But the thing is, if you were to act on that, just think about the damage it could do to yourself. If you're married, for example, and you think, you know what, if I was with someone else, it would be so much better. Oh, I would feel a certain way. But if you were to really act upon that, just think of the damage you would do to yourself and the people around you, the people who you care about or people who are depending on you, how much damage that will do. So choose life in your actions. Also, speak life. Speak life over yourself. 
Speak life over people. If you're someone who's negative and you are miserable and you're, you criticize and you can point out the problems of other people, that's your opportunity to pray. If you can criticize others or criticize yourself, then you know what? You've got things to pray about. You've got things to pray. Someone said to me once, instead of you criticizing your, my loved one, you know, my husband about certain things, Pray and ask God to develop those things. What were you thinking about? Oh, he could be this, he could be better in this way. Pray that God will develop those things, will grow that, those things in him. Speak life into a situation. Speak life over your children. I've got a six-year-old, and he's writing, bless him, is not that good. He was left-handed for like two years, and now he's become right. And they spent time working out, is he left or right? And now it seems like he's right. he has to learn how to write all over again because he is right, after all. And I look at his writing. We, you know, we were doing writing over the, the half term, and at times I just wanted to cry because I think, oh, how are you going to survive? But you know what? I'm praying about it, and I'm speaking life over him. I went to Dubrate Smith, and I said, right, I'm going to get some pens. I'm going to get some rubbers. I'm going to get a sharpener, and we're going to do this. We're going to do this writing thing. Instead of me thinking negatively, thinking, how is he going to survive? How is he going to get through school? He is going to be writing his essays. Okay, yeah, we've got you know, computers and stuff, but he's going to write an essay. I'll tell you that. He's going to write an essay for me. Yeah, he's going to write one. Speak life over a situation rather than focus on the negative. And lastly, I want to encourage you to speak life over, do not speak life, to do life in your relationships. Do life in your relationships. It's so easy to isolate yourself. To isolate yourself and not be a part of a group. I've been someone where I've done that. During my 20s and most of my 30s, I've isolated myself and I've not joined in. And mostly it's because of the fear of rejection. Maybe because I wanted it so much, but I was so afraid that I actually kept myself on the edge. But you know what? We've got to do community. Join in. Give. Give to others. Let's receive from Jesus. He has so much to offer us. Let's get life from Jesus and give. Give your time, give your energy, give your gifts and join a community. Also, be present in a relationship. It's so easy to numb ourselves. And there are people, we've got our loved ones that want to spend time with us, but no, we're in our phones, we're in our, you know, our little habits or, you know, these little things that we find to comfort ourselves, like, I don't know, food, drink, all sorts of stuff, just to numb, and we need to be present, and I know it's painful, and maybe if you didn't have these things, you're going to start feeling things, all sorts of problems are going to come up that you've been pushing away, but I want to encourage you to choose life. Can we have the band, please? Choose life. You can do this, and we can all do this because of Jesus. We can do this because of Jesus. In John 14, verse 6, it says, I am the way, I am the truth. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. We have access to this Zoe life, to this eternal life because of Jesus. He's come. He is life. And we can go to him. He's done so much on the cross for us so that we can have a direct relationship with God. 
He's taken our sin. This is why we can go to him with all our problems, with all our mess. We can go to him and he will take that away and he can give us life eternal. So I'd like you to all stand up. We're just going to pray. Lord, we come to you and we just thank you so much for you, Jesus. And yeah, we've, some of us, we, we, we've allowed the thief to come and steal and kill and destroy bits in us, relationships, all sorts of things. And Lord, I just ask you to please just help us to give those things. So if there is anything where you feel that has separated you from God or there's where something there that's, that's caused damage in a relationship or just something that's happening with you and, it's, and you just want to give that to God, give that to Jesus and allow him to come in, allow him to come into that situation and restore. Just give that to him. He loves you. There is nothing too complicated that he can't fix. If there has been an innocent need, there's been a need that you've had and somehow it just got perverted, somehow the thief came and injected his lies and perverted a situation and because of it, you're down a road that is just not right. You can just present that to Jesus. He loves you. He loves you. He's got so much grace for you. He is the restorer. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He can make any, all things new. So Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for what you're going to do in the future. Help us to choose life. Help us to choose life in everything we do. Thank you so much, Lord. Please forgive us where we have chosen death. We have chosen negative situation. We have chosen negative thoughts. Thank you, Lord, that you can make things new. In Jesus' name, amen.